I believe that God has set forth in his word and he promises to us that his life and life in him, when we put Jesus first, that life becomes an adventure. And an adventure is defined as this, an unusual and exciting, typically hazardous experience or activity. So it's unusual, it's exciting, typically hazardous, it's an experience or an activity. And I think that for us, um, maybe our lives reflect some of this, like maybe our lives seem unusual, Um, that could be true. Um, But I don't know if it's as exciting as we hoped it would be. I don't know how hazardous it is, uh, but it's definitely an experience either way. And I think the the hope in my heart is that we see that, man, in God's word, there is um, a chance for us to choose an adventure with him that would blow us away at the end of 2017. The ushers are kind of handing out what we've got as a little fill in the blank that you can follow along with me. Um, hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's helpful to you as we kind of look at some of the things that uh, we want to start this year off with. So to kind of kick things off, um, I'm going to show a movie clip. I don't know how many of you guys will be able to guess what movie this is from. Some of you may have seen it. It's called Fiddler on the Roof. Has anybody seen this movie? Didn't it win like some awards or something? Like when it first came out? Yeah, right? I don't, I, he's like, of course. So sit back and watch this, this uh, clip and we're gonna talk about it right after. Love. Boulder, do you love me? Do I what? Do you love me? Do I love you? Well. With our daughters getting married and this trouble in the town. You're upset, you're worn out. Go inside, go lie down. Maybe it's indigestion. Uh, no, Goldie, I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? You're a fool. I know. But do you love me? Do I love you? Well... For 25 years I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked your cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? Golden, the first time I met you was on our wedding day. I was scared. I was shy. I was nervous. So was I. But my father and my mother said we'd learn to love each other. And now I'm asking, Golda, do you love me? I'm your wife. I know. But do you love me? Do I love him? Well? For 25 years I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Then you love me. I suppose I do. Then I suppose I love you too. It doesn't change a thing. But even so. After 25 years It's nice to 
Now, I'm guessing that most of you are going to watch that movie tonight at a New Year's Eve party, right? Well, that wife in that scene is a parable for us. Um, She's got this pressure-filled life, um, daily responsibilities, distractions, the tyranny of the urgent, right? I mean, that's where we live. And our most significant relationships, her husband, can sometimes become the most dull thing. Um, she was there for 25 years. They were married for 25 years. He said that, he, that she milked his, the, the cows and did, she um, shared the house and took care of him and cooked and all those things. And she was on to the tasks. Um, but sometimes what brings us happiness at first can sometimes become just a duty. Um, something that stirs our affections can become annoying after a while. And man, when we, we used to do uh, life face-to-face with people, whether that's our spouse or, or, or family or, or, or just loved ones, then we maybe kind of shift to doing, doing life side-by-side because we're getting a task done. And maybe after a while, we find ourselves doing life back-to-back where they're, they're working on something while I'm working on something and there's no real overlap. And when we prioritize the duties of our relationships, we cease to enjoy them. We, we, we see the duty of being there for someone or the thing that we have to do, the task on our list, the resolution that we need to make for 2017. And we lose the sense of adventure, this unusual, exciting, possibly hazardous experience. We lose that. And it's not just human relationships where we lose that adventure, right? It's a, it's a thing that happens between us and God. That when, we, that when we choose to prioritize other things ahead of God in our life, it seems that things begin to overtake that relationship and, and that priority. Now, in your notes, Martha missed the adventure. We're going to talk about Martha and Mary. Um, when we give up on putting Jesus first, when we think about the last year, 2016, and we have taken God out of the center and put other things in the center, We find, I think, there's moments of clarity. There's a thin space. We talked about those a few weeks ago where heaven and earth seem to be a little bit closer, where God speaks to us. And we realize that although that we've taken Jesus out of the center and we've prioritized something else first, we realize that God's not the one that moved. We are. We're the ones that moved. We've lost the idea of this adventure. Um, And so in... uh, the, the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, is where Martha's story is kind of recorded. And we're just going to pick up there. It'll be on the screen. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, only, I'm sorry, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, Martha is emotionally and relationally struggling because of a self-induced performance fatigue. Has anybody had performance fatigue before? You're just getting tired of just performing and making things happen and constantly having that pressure. Um, but the re- original word used here for serving is actually a positive thing. So it says that Martha was distracted with serving. 
It's actually a positive word. Everywhere else that this word is used in Scripture, that word serving is, is actually in a positive light. So let's just hold on a second. Let's give Martha some credit and some grace. Can we do that? Because I think Martha gets the, the, the short end of the stick all the time, right? We always celebrate Mary. But what Martha was doing is she was being hospitable, right? Does any, can anybody relate? Like she was preparing her home and she was preparing her home for her friend Jesus to come over and she was welcoming her guests. And Jesus repeats her name twice. Martha, Martha. And this is a form of endear- endearment in, in that ancient language, where when that's recorded that way, he's basically being tender towards her and saying, Martha, Martha. It's a, it's a com- uh, gesture of compassion and kindness that he has for her. And he's basically saying this to her. And I think this is a good thing for us to internalize as we go into the new year. He says, Martha, before you try to change the world, let me change you first. Before you get to making things better, let me make you better first. Before you serve and feed me, let me serve and feed you first. You see, Martha thinks that her adventure has been reduced to a list of tasks, that this is basically her lot in life and that this is what she's supposed to do. But here's the interesting thing, is that her affliction is not the fact that she's a busybody. It's not that. There were things to get done, Being hospitable is important. But her issue is that she actually has a busy heart. That her heart has been kind of drawn away and captured by the things that she had to do. And she's lost and, and, and that busy heart has fogged her sense of that adventure. She's distracted with all the serving. She's working from a chaotic center. She's trying to organize things from her heart that's cluttered with all kinds of stuff. She's distracted by secondary things. And she's allowing the very first and primary thing to go neglected. Having done two funerals last week, the week of Christmas, it's, uh, it's amazing how folks begin in those moments to realize that the things that we have hoped for for this year all seem very temporary. They all seem to fall by the wayside. But when we get to that moment, we realize the things that really matter to us, the things that, that really we care about, The things that are most significant to us are the things that matter, and we may not be paying attention to those things. There's a time management uh, approach that basically, if you've ever seen it, there's always this thing, that the question of what is most important and what is urgent, right? So if it's urgent and important, you get it done today. If it's urgent but not important, well, you kind of have a, maybe you need to do it, but you got, it's not important, but you can do it because it's urgent, you want to do it. If it's not urgent or important, you really don't care about it, let's just let it go by the wayside. And I think those are good questions to ask yourself as you're looking at your days that you have ahead of you. You've got 365 days in 2017. You've got 52 weeks. Not any of them are guaranteed. But you have those that you're looking ahead to. And as you look at those, you could definitely start today and say, okay, what's the most urgent thing I need to do today? Perfect. What's the most important thing that I need to do today? Awesome. But I'm going to throw a third question to you, and I want to hope that maybe this isn't in your notes. You could jot this down to the side, and that would be this. That you would ask yourself, what is the most significant thing that I can do today? And what I mean by significant is this, is that what is the most significant thing, what is the thing that I can do today that's going to matter tomorrow? You see, the urgent thing might not matter tomorrow, the important thing might not matter tomorrow, but the significant thing will. And, the, and maybe what is the most significant thing that I can do today that will matter not only tomorrow, 
but next week, next month, next year. Man, if we could ask that third question, I believe that our 2017 would be full of more adventure because it'll be significant. And so as we see that she's distracted with these secondary things, um, she's lost touch with that very first thing. And that's, that's a, 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 I guess, a, a familiar uh, illustration, right? It's a familiar phrase that we've lost. She's lost her first, that first thing, that primary thing in, uh, in Revelation 2. It says, uh, Jesus is saying to the church, he says, I know your deeds. I know your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and you've endured hardships for my name and you've not grown weary. Jesus sees our struggle. He sees our striving. He sees our efforts. He sees our hard work. He sees our endurance. He sees our priorities and the way that we list out our tasks for the day and how we're going to knock them all out and get them all done. He sees all of that. And he continues, yet I hold this one thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. So Jesus sees our striving. He sees our effort. He sees our hard work and our devotion. He sees all that. But he's asking, where has your first love gone? You know, I think what Martha's really asking, and, and kind of does ask, like asks Jesus, like, don't you care about the fact that she's not helping and that I'm doing everything? And a lot of times I think when we strive and we have effort and we make our, our New Year's resolutions, we put them all together and we say, God, this is my thing, man. This is what I want to get done for you this year. What we're really looking for is we're really looking for and what Martha was looking for is recognition, approval, affection, just that, that pat on the back. She wants all of that, and so do we. We want recognition and that affirmation. And she's using her busyness, her productivity, her getting things done as the path to get that. And that recognition, and here's the interesting thing for us today, the recognition, the affirmation, and the approval that she's seeking is something that she already has. She just forgot. And that's so true of us, right? It's so true of me, where I have my list of things that I want to get done. I want to get after it. I want to knock those things out. And the whole time I'm saying, look, God, this is awesome, right? I mean, look at what we've accomplished for you this year. We look back at 2016, even just at this place in this warehouse. There used to be a block wall there. We knocked that down. Isn't that awesome, God? We've, create, we've created more room in this place. We've accomplished the food truck 12 times. We've done a lot of great things. We've opened up space for kids. We've dedicated that. We've, we've done all these things. And God see, says, I see that, but don't forget your first love. You're wanting that recognition, but we already have it. We already have it. It's really, this is, man, this is, I'll get to it. One of the toughest things for me is to remind ourselves that there isn't anything that we can do to get God to love us more than he does right now. And there's nothing that we can do that will get, a, get God to like us more than he does right now as we just continue to put Jesus first. So Martha misses the adventure, but Mary discovered the adventure. You see, Mary stops what she's doing when Jesus shows up 
And this is interesting. So all the moms in the room, and I would say some dads too, and some of the guys in the room as well as some of the women, is that this is the difference. The difference between Martha and Mary is the difference between entertaining people over at your home and being hospitable to people in your home. So Martha was entertaining. Everything's got to be spotless. Jesus is coming over. We've got to make sure that the, the, the carpets are vacuumed and that everything that the garage is picked up and everything looks good. And Mary is, being, is about being hospitable. And sometimes when you're hospitable, sometimes there's going to be dirty dishes in the, in the sink, right? Sometimes someone's going to come unexpected and you're going to have to say, you know what? This is what it is. This is how we are. We don't actually live with everything perfect all the time. I know it's a surprise. I often say that our house is decorated in a dorm style, um, you know, from college days, because you'll find all kinds of things everywhere most of the time. And uh, we try to pick up, so if you ever come over, I mean, we'll try to pick up for you. But, you know, we've tried to just say we want to be hospitable. And I think that's what we want to do is, as people of God, as, as people who are just trying to be hospitable, to, is to be like Mary, to stop when Jesus enters the room. Stop when those folks enter the room. Stop when they give you a call and say to them, you know what, let's just sit, let's talk, let's do life. There's a guy by the name of Bob Goff. He wrote a book called Love Does. Um, It's a New York Times bestseller. If you haven't read the book, it's awesome. Um, Bob is amazing. I've heard him speak live, and he is hilarious. The book is just funny. It's, It's all about just how we can see God's love in our everyday world. What's interesting about that is that Bob Goff, a New York Times bestseller, at the end of the book, put his personal cell phone number at the, in, at the end of the book. And his, as he's stated in, in live events and in, uh, since then, is that he, his attempt, now this guy's an attorney, and his attempt and his, his goal is to never let his phone go to voicemail. And I know people personally who have called Bob and talked to him because he picks up the phone if it rings. He just stops whatever he's doing and he answers the phone. His phone number is in the back of a New York Times bestselling book. Um, pretty, pretty crazy to think. But this is what, we, he stops. He, this is what being hospitable means. This is what, what, what and when Jesus shows up in our life, this is what, what should happen is we should slow down and we should wait and we should listen. You see, being with Jesus is non-negotiable for Mary. Even with a long list of things to do, even with a bunch of things that she has to do that Mary, Martha is working on, sitting with Jesus is a must for her. If, if our aim is to put Jesus first, we're going to get all the other stuff thrown in. Seek first the kingdom of God. But if our aim is recognition, or if our aim is a completed task list, or our aim is a resolution that we're going to make this year, and our aim is that we're, going to, we're not going to get Jesus or the tasks, or really the recognition that we truly seek. Mary inherently knows that the adventure in her life starts and ends with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2 says this, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. This, this, this idea is what keeps me going. I don't know what your 2016 looked like, but this idea keeps me going. That there are things, there are, there are plans, there are purposes that God has, has pre- 
prepared for me and for you ahead of time that today was ordained just like tomorrow is ordained and that every single day that we live, it can be an adventure. It may be uh, an adventure at work. It may be an adventure at home. It may be an adventure of laundry. I don't know what it is, but when you have Jesus first, life has a different lens that you look through to see it. And I hope that that's something that we can see as we attempt to to, to have that adventure become part of us. We choose that adventure. You see, she becomes more aware of her life as an adventure. You can check out her whole story in John 12, where she pours out a a year's wages worth of perfume at Jesus' feet. And, And she does that because she understands that she's to be more like him and that he's, given, he's giving everything to her and that she is going to just be like him. See, when you're face-to-face with love himself, you become more loving. When you're face-to-face with kindness, with a capital K, you become more kind. When you're face-to-face with generosity, with a capital G, you become more generous. Martha is striving to be like Jesus, and we talk about that a lot around here, that we want to be like Jesus, but Mary spends her energy being with Jesus. And while she is sitting with him, he teaches her and begins to open up her mind to the things of God, and she begins to learn. And it makes me think about this new year and where Jesus will be in your priorities. Where is he going to be put? Where are you going to prioritize your faith? And it also makes me think about like why, I mean, here we sit another year right on the cusp. We're right, right, right just about to, to flip the calendar over. And I got to ask the question, are we doing this a whole nother year again? Like this whole thing, like where you guys sit there and I talk, like, is that, is this what we're doing? And why are we going to do that for another year? Like, why? Why do we do what we do? Why do we show up on the weekends and, 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 and listen and discuss and, and connect? And why are we going to have things like Alpha starting in January um, and, and even looking at growth groups? And there's going to be groups all over that you'll be able to connect with. And why are we going to be encouraging you to take the adventure of community and opening yourself up to do life with other people? Why are we going to do these things? Why do we do what we do? Well, we believe that every generation can find their way back to God every day. And we stand in the gap for those that are out there that don't believe that God exists, that believe that God has forgotten about them or hates them or is carrying a bat and waiting for them to screw up. But we're out there to say, you know what? We're here to tell you that God loves you, not only loves you, but he likes you and that he wants to connect with you. He wants to be personal. He wants to sit with you. Just a couple weeks ago, we talked about he, he prepares a table for you, that this is the type of guy that wants to sit down and, and be with you And to have a meal with you, all you have to do is let them in. But why do I do what I do? I mean, I I, I had to say, okay, am I going another year here? Are we going another year, 2017? Okay, God, what are we doing? And I I think one of the things that I'm called to do, and forgive me, that's all I can do, is just remind us that there's more than what we're experiencing. And we can trade stories for 2016. I'll go at it with anybody. All right, let's go. Like, I will challenge you. Let's go. Let's talk about how, you know, awesome 2016 was or how brutal it was. We can go either way. But I'm going to tell you whether it was a brutal year or an awesome year, I'm going to tell you that there's more. Because I can't change what the Word of God says. I can't say that. I can't say that everything's going to go perfectly, but I'm going to tell you that there's more than you're experiencing right now. 
It's not a list of rules. It's not a compartmentalized faith. Like, well, well I'm going I'm to keep my money over here. Cool. And then I'm going to have Jesus. This is good. So like you stay right in the warehouse. And when I come over at the warehouse, like I want you to be there and make sure that they, you know, they play good songs that week when I'm there. And then over here, I'm going to work on my finances and I'll work on my relationships. And Jesus is going to be over here just, just kind of compartmentalized. And my encouragement to you and my reminder is that that is not what faith is all about. The toughest thing is that trying to take the heart of God out of scripture and then making that into something practical that you can live out during the week. My greatest, um, my heart jumps when somebody says, hey, guess what? I took what the word of God said on a Saturday or Sunday and I lived it out during the week and here's what happened. Man, I can't tell you how much that, that awesome. You can be as deep theologically as you want and you can be as deep doctrinally as you want, but that's just the skeleton. The meat of the bones is when we start to move and we start to make things happen and when I hear these stories and when I'm with you and we're making a difference, I can't tell you when we start to see the word of God and experience the word of God, how awesome that is. So all I can do is dig into God's word and dig into our lives and try to show you that they're not separate, but they're intertwined and they cannot be taken apart. That's my biggest challenge. That's all I can do. So why do we sing? Why do we, in just a few minutes, the band's gonna come up or we're gonna sing some songs. Why do we sing? I'll tell you why. Because I forget the promises of God. And when I sing them, they remind me of who God is. Right? Anybody there? That when we sing those words, that we realize, oh yeah, that's right. God, you are awesome. The last song we're going to sing today is Overcome. You know, um, it's, it's a song that talks about we're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we realize that we sing that and it's like, oh yeah. It's the blood of the lamb, and it's the word of our testimony. As we tell our stories, people overcome. That's right. This is what and why we do what we do. So adventure in every area of our life. In 2017, my prayer is this, that our adventure would begin by intentionally living and inviting God into every area of our life. Or better stated, our adventure truly begins when we invite God into every area of our life. So there's, uh, I think there's seven things listed on your, on your notes. Um, and this is kind of a, you can jot stuff next to it, or maybe this is a good little list for you to work on as you go into the new year. Because you can ask yourself, in terms of my soul, how am I best connecting with God? How am I cultivating my soul, and my faith? Or how about our money? When it comes to money, how does my faith in God impact my finances? How does it impact my giving? How does it impact what I do with my money? People. People can be an adventure. Whoo. But how can my faith help me love and connect with people that aren't like me? How can my faith energize and fuel my ability, even though I may be introverted, even though I may be extroverted, that I can somehow connect in a community of people somehow, some way. Or how about technology? I actually slept last night, just because I knew I was going to be talking about this. I slept last night. I couldn't put my phone outside my room yet, but that's coming next. But it was on the other side of the room, and my, my phone's my alarm clock. Anybody there? Yeah? So, so maybe a challenge is 
to sleep with your phone in another room. How are you gonna get up in the morning? Here's what you do. Walmart alarm clock, right? And it's like $8. Like you can, like if you can't afford it, I'll buy you one. You can get an alarm, uh, get an alarm clock and you can set it and it will ring and you'll, you'll get up and it'll be annoying, right? And you won't be able to pick the song you, come up, you wake up to. But if you're checking your phone before you're thinking about anything else in your life when you first wake up, check yourself, right? There might be an addiction problem. But how will I prioritize Jesus over social media and over devices? How will I do that this year? Sorry to hit that nerve. Schedule. How, am I, how is my schedule going to prioritize God? How is my schedule when you, I'm actually working with a buddy of mine this past week. We were working on his schedule. I just said, hey man, like what, write down everything you do during the week. Like just generally speaking, like how many hours are you at work? You know, how much, how much sleep are you getting per night? And just like show me the schedule. And here's what's awesome is when you do that, if you schedule out your whole week and look at this is what I typically do, the question you can start to ask is, well, tell me, I can start to see my priorities, right? I can start to see where's my time with God. Whether that's taking a walk outside in the cold, bitter air and just trying to just feel Jesus in nature or whether that's spending time reading or whether that's spending time worshiping, I don't know. But if it's not on your schedule, it might not be a priority in 2017. What about your body? How can your faith kind of help you um, and impact your, fit, your, your health? How can your health be a reflection of what you believe about God? How can your mind and, and the way that you think and the way that maybe your small thinking could be expanded into some awesome thinking, how can that be affected by your faith in God? How will I see, how will you see these things through God's eyes instead of our own this year? How will we avoid having these things rob us of the adventure that God has for us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. So in this, in this year, let's pursue the adventure in every area of our life. Let's dare to trust God in every area of our life. And let's risk being labeled not normal in every area of our life. I mean, that's the best thing ever, right? When we get to, we're, we're labeled like, that guy's not normal. Like, that's great. We want that, right? No. But when you live with Jesus at the center, when you live with Jesus first in your life, there's going to be times when people are going to say, man, that's just not normal. And we did a whole series a few years ago called Weird, right? And the whole premise of that is that normal's not working, right? Normal's not working, so we got to do something different. And so we're going to seem weird to the, to the world. We're going to seem weird to our family and friends. The big idea is putting Jesus first is where the adventure begins. It's where the unusual, exciting things are opened up to us. In order to experience things in 2017 that you've never experienced, you're going to have to do some things that you've never done. I'll say that again in order to experience some things in 2017 that you've never experienced, you're going to have to do some things you've never done. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If your life is in, is your, if you're in a position right now at the end of this year, and you're like, man, my life just isn't where I want it to be. It just isn't where I want it to be. I don't like the way I am. I don't like the way of my structure, the, the schedule. I don't like it. I don't like how it is. 
You know what I'd say to you? Change it. I know people that feel like they can't. I know people that feel like they can't. But I'm telling you, what's stopping you from changing your life? The number one person to blame for the way your life is right now is you. Because you have agency. You have the ability to make a change if you so choose. Um, I was listening to uh, the radio this week and it came to my attention that the New York Times does this every year. They, they put together a, a whole series of photographs from the year, from January all the way through December. And I was just thinking and praying about tonight and tomorrow, and I thought, you know, and as I looked at the photographs, I thought, you know, man, look at what we've been through as a, as a country and as a world. And tonight is a very personal message, right? It's all about you. It's about you prioritizing God in your life. But then you kind of expand out and you, yeah, you guys can come up. You expand out and you look at the world at large and you look at the things that we've experienced. And the question that I ask is, you know, what, you can go there now. What have, uh, what have, where do you see God in the pictures, where do you see, can God literally be in some of the pictures you're about to see? And if that's the case, you know, how do you see that happening? Maybe as you watch these pictures go by, you can take the back of your notes and you can, you can jot down some things that happened this year to you. You know, normally we'll talk about the good, the bad, and the God. Maybe there are good things that happened this year. Maybe there are bad things that happened. And maybe what you can ask God is pray is say, God, where were you in all of those things? Show me where you are. In the midst of the politics, in the midst of the hurt, the midst of the anger and the hate and the compassion and the beauty that God is in and through all that and that there's hope always alive. So here's what we're going to do. Um, the band's going to play underneath this video, and it's about four minutes long, a little over four minutes, and I just want you to let these pictures soak in. There's something about photography, there's something about imagery that speaks to us, and I want you to think about your life, I want you to think about the things that you see in these pictures, and ask God, God, I want you to be in every area of life. And then after the video is played... And while the video is played, we're going to be passing out communion. Normally what we do with communion is we actually have you guys get up and go to the tables and get it. But today we're going to, tonight we're going to take it together. That's kind of a last symbolic thing that we do. Um, and guess what? I'm not going to be up here. I'm going to be experiencing this with you. The screen is going to direct us as to what to do. So let me pray before we play this video. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for the fact that you had a special relationship with Martha and with Mary. And you loved them both so much. And you just wanted to, to see, uh, for Martha to see that the better thing was, was to sit with you, was to, to put aside the task, to put aside the, the dirty house or the, or the job for just a minute while you're in our presence to sit and to listen to you speak. 
God, this is a slowdown message. And anytime we do a slowdown message, it's hard because we move so quick in this area. We, in, in the Chicago area, God, we move so fast. We have so many things we want to accomplish. We have so many goals and we're driven so much, Lord God, that this is a difficult thing. But Lord, if any time, if any time is a good time to slow down, it's right now. While we're about to turn the calendar, God. So Lord, I pray that that we would see you in every area of our life and that we would put you first, Jesus. That we would put you first. Help us not to lose our first love, but help us to do the things we did. And may we continue that all year long. In Jesus' name. So here's the, uh, here's the thing. Um, that is so true. It's hard to believe at times in our life. You can pretend that your faith and your life and God and your life are not intertwined. You can pretend that you can treat your money over here and your faith over here and relationships over here and God over here. You can do that. You can. But there will be a time. <laughs> so of us, those of us that have lived enough life, there will be a time when they will be forced together. And then you'll have to decide where your faith fits with all those categories. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray right now, God, as we go into the new year, we go into 2017, Lord. Lord, I'm just going to say it for all of us, Lord, and those that agree are going to just say this to themselves too. Lord, you are the one that has everything for us. Lord, people are going to let us down. Jobs are going to let us down. Money's going to let us down. We're going to run out of money. We're going to run out of relationships. We're going to run out of everything else, Lord God, in our life. And one day we're going to, we're going to go on and cross over, not just a calendar year, but on to heaven, Lord God. And when we go, we're not bringing anything with us. We're not bringing anyone with us, but we're going to bring you with us, Lord God. And we're going to see you and we're going to be with you. And Lord, I just declare right now, Lord, that every one of us, Lord God, would just be in prayer this year, but also every one of us would believe and trust and know that we all are going to overcome, Lord God, as we continue to just keep our eyes fixed on you. In every area of our life, Lord God, we pray. Lord, help us to be those people this week, this year, this coming year, Lord God. Help us to be those people that believe that through the power of your blood and the power of our testimony, Lord, that we all are going to overcome. No matter what this new year brings us, Lord, we will overcome. We thank you, God, for your word and for us being able to trust it inherently. Lord, we thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. I will see you next year. Thanks for being here tonight. We'll see you soon.